Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Over the course of these weeks, we've been walking through the components of the divine service. We've reached the point of talking about the sermon. So it is an odd thing to be preaching about preaching. But there is something to be said about preaching, because the scriptures speak about preaching. And we have some fine examples of it this morning as well in our text. But let me offer you one text for consideration here as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 and following. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe, the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God... The world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus. God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. We preach Christ crucified. We preach Christ crucified was the theme verse for this last summer's national convention of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. It speaks to the core truth that Christ crucified continues to be the saving message of the good news of the gospel. To put Christ on display is to lift high the cross, to recognize that the God who has revealed himself to the world has revealed himself through that very sacrifice. Sacrifice of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, Good Friday and Easter for the sake of the world. 
This is the message that the apostles could not help but take with them. That is what they said. It is what they spoke to the crowds as they gathered round. Whenever the Lord chose to reveal himself in signs and wonders to gather the crowds around them, they pointed people to Jesus and Jesus on a cross. Jesus risen from the dead, and Jesus ascended and reigning at the right hand of the Father. In Acts 2 and 3 and 4, Stephen in Acts 7, Peter again in 10, Paul in 13 and 17 and 20, over and over and over and over again throughout their preaching and in their letters, they point to Christ, Christ crucified. Christ crucified for them. Christ crucified for the world. To offer that love, that saving gift, that reconciliation that would bring all of us back to God. How then will anyone believe unless someone is there to hear? And how will they hear unless someone goes and preaches to them? Paul writes in John uh, in, in Romans chapter 10, salvation is not of our own manufacturing. It comes to us through our ears. It does not come to us through our eyes so that we can see what we are to know and not believe, but it comes to us through our ears. It is hearing that brings faith. Hearing the word of God. God's been speaking since day one. Literally. Let there be light. And there was light. What he says is his bond. What he says is what he does. When he speaks his word, it goes out in all of its fullness. And so it is the word that we are given to believe. When the Lord sent us our Savior. He didn't send us a shaman or a wise man. He sent us a preacher. Jesus. I must go. And I must take this word to all of the other places around. I must go and preach. And when he sends his disciples out again, he sends them out as preachers. To announce, to herald, to Deliver the good news that the kingdom of God is here. That the Lord Jesus Christ has arrived and that his work is being fulfilled. For the disciples on the top of the mountain, as Jesus was raised from the dead, gathered around him and wondered what it is that he was going to do next. He said, you're going to go. All authority is given to me in heaven and earth. So you don't have anything to be afraid of. But you're going to go. And as you go, you are going to make disciples of all nations by baptizing and teaching. Everything that I've commanded you. Baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And teaching them every word that you've heard from me. And I will be with you. Always. 
to the very end of the age. And in John's Gospel, likewise, he sends them as his ambassadors. As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you to go and to proclaim this kingdom of God, to forgive sins, to bind and to loose. What the prophets experienced in the Old Testament was this move of and call of God to open their mouths. Ezekiel. Ezekiel over and over again is addressed by God. Okay, you, son of man, my guy, I've got a word for you. And it's rarely a pleasant word to say. It is usually, always then, a word to Israel to call them to repentance and faith. Repentance and faith. Repentance and faith over and over and over again. Turning away from the misunderstandings that they continue to have cropping up in their own minds as they try to make sense of their lives, truly. But to do so in terms of God and his promises instead of just what makes sense to them. You've told us that the, son, the, the sons are going to be punished for the sins of the fathers. Well, here we are in Babylon. All the things that our fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers did, now, now we're getting the brunt of that. We're the ones suffering. True enough. But that doesn't remove from you all also the need to consider your own station in life. It doesn't remove the call for you also to repent. Just because the exile and the Babylonian time was not your fault, do you imagine that you would have done any better? We think the same, don't we? If I'd have been there when Jesus was around, I would have believed. Really? Wow. Good for you. Better than Peter, I guess. Better than John. Better than Paul until Jesus knocks him off his horse. Those folks who should have known and could have known and might have known better. Jesus questions them. What do you think? The baptism of John, did it come from God or did he make it up himself? We don't know. John came to you with a word of repentance and reconciliation. And the folks that you have under your boot recognized it for what it was. And you passed him by. And so the folks that believed him, who have come and become part of the kingdom of God, who are here following me, who are singing Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David, who are here welcoming me into their homes. Those folks, they're ahead of you in the kingdom of God because they recognize what John was up to. 
And because they recognized what John was up to, they recognized me when I arrived. Calls to repentance. Calls to repentance. Calls to faith as well. Ezekiel does it. Live. He calls them to life. He says, turn away from all of this blaming God for your circumstances. Turn away from all of this lack of faith and listen to what I say because I am going to pick you up. I'm going to take you from this exile and carry you on eagle's wings all the way back to your own place and there I will set you down gently again. It'll be It'll be the Spirit of the Lord that comes upon you to raise up those dry bones so that there is flesh and there is spirit and there are people there standing, an army of the Most Holy God. Jesus himself calls his hearers to repentance, but he calls them also to faith. For here I am. When it comes time for the, the Son of Man to be in your midst, when it comes time for the Lord God Almighty to come and visit you, here I am. I am yours and you are mine. Follow me and trust and believe. And following me, you will walk as I do through death and through all of this world until finally resurrection is your law. <clears throat> I will show you the way. The way of the cross. For Christ is crucified and risen. And that is the template into which we live as well. Repentance and faith. Repentance and life. It's not the way the world would do it. But it is the way of the Lord. It is the way that God does it. He does it through his Son. And he does it in his church. So as we come to the altar of God, we will set aside all our preconceived notions. All of the idols that we bring with us. And we will set them aside. We will cling to Christ in his cross and trust in his promised resurrection. There's the wisdom and power and righteousness of God, sanctification, redemption, and all of his blessings. What seemed to be so terribly, terribly weak, what seemed to be the, the end of the line for him, so much so that disciples run scattered away, so much so that disciples go on their way to their hometowns with with heads down and feet shuffling, all their hopes unraveled so that Jesus must come to them again and say, peace be with you. Wasn't it necessary? Wasn't it necessary for the Son of Man to be delivered into the hands of sinful people, to be crucified so that on the third day he might rise again? Exactly what enemy was it you expected me to defeat? 
I came to defeat sin and death and hell. I came to clamp down Satan's accusations against you, to bind him, to cast him away. I came so that you might have life and have it abundantly. And to have it under my gift. Live under my cross joyfully and with it as your standard. Let it be lifted high over your head so that you may always know who your Lord and Christ is. Living in the promise of his crucifixion, you live in the assurance of his resurrection. Amen. The peace of Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in faith towards Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.